I am so grateful. I am so grateful that Jesus saved. I'm so grateful it's not dependent on our goodness or our good deeds or our, our past behavior. It's dependent on His grace and His mercy. We have hope because Jesus saved. We, we have a future because Jesus, everybody in this room is here right now because Jesus saved. And we ought to be thankful, amen? Grab your Bibles, grab your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Acts chapter number 8. Acts chapter number 8 as we kick off our missions month, our missions emphasis. This is an opportunity that we take every single year to remind each other to refocus on what the main thing is. I've heard people say this, every church should keep the main thing the main thing. But I'm afraid there's way too many that don't know what the main thing is. And so we want to do this. I I read, I read that uh, uh, Vince Lombardi, supposed to be one of the greatest coaches, greatest football coaches there ever was. They said at the beginning of every single year, I mean, he's talking to professionals. He's talking to men who have played football their entire life. He always goes over the fundamentals. He will start camp out. And he will hold a football in front of professional men who's played their entire life and said, lady, or excuse me, gentlemen, this is a football. This is a football. You say, preacher, that's silly. No, sometimes we forget what the main thing is. And we need to remind ourselves what we are doing here and what we're trying to accomplish. If you're with me, say amen. amen. I want you to have a seat. Everybody have a seat. You can have a seat there at Fairview. And if you have your little, uh, uh, your little packet, your little pamphlet uh, close by, I want you to grab that little pamphlet and I want you to open it up to the very first page where it says church planning. Before I jump into Acts chapter number eight, I want to I just read a couple pages just to kind of help familiarize everybody with where we are and what we're trying to do. Our main goal is church planning when it comes to missions. When it comes to missions, missions is the word we use because it is our mission. It is our agenda. It is our calling. It is a commandment given by God, right? Church planting. Our primary focus for the missions program here at Temple is church planting. Our goal is to send missionaries to the field for the primary purpose of establishing New Testament churches that will be led by indigenous people. That's native people of the country that we are in. And become fully self-sustaining. Humanitarian work is very important and needed. What we desire is to see this work, such as water well building, medical care, orphan care, human trafficking and such. This done through the local churches. If these things are done through the church, then they can be used as a tool to spread the gospel. And not only that, it can be self-sustaining. And it can keep on keeping on. Unreached people groups. This is who we're after. This is our target. Our goal is church planning. Our target is unreached people groups. In Christianity, an unreached people group refers to an ethnic group without an indigenous, self-propagating Christian church movement. The people who we seek to reach are those who have not been exposed to the gospel. That is where the term unreached is derived. There are more than 6,825 unreached people groups across the globe. Now, now it's really hard. It's really hard for us to uh, uh, 
to even imagine an unreached people group because you passed seven churches on your way here this morning. You have, you have Bibles on every shelf in every room. You, you have the gospel being proclaimed and being preached on the radio, on TV, and, and so uh, such. But we have people who will live, be born, and die and never hear the name Jesus. And that is a shame. That is a shame. Now, we have a goal. We have a job. If you will turn, I know you don't have pages, and I chewed them out again this morning because I told them that last year and they forgot. But I want you to flip to where it says 2023 praise report. 2023 praise report. It should be page six if you're counting. Uh, But 2023 praise report. Through our monthly faith promise. Now, this is not this is not the church boxes. All right. If that makes sense, say amen. amen. This is what you guys give every single week just to missions. Okay. We give in our tithes and offerings. That's what belongs to God. But then a lot of us will give a little bit above that toward missions for the sake of missions. And that's what we're talking about right here. Through our monthly faith promise commitments, we will contribute more than 130000 to our missionaries' monthly support in 23. With 82800 of this going directly to church planning endeavors. Since 2016, watch this now. This is not church boxes. This is just your faith promise giving each and every week. Temple has had a, pl- a part in planning 1,739 churches across the world. Can we give God praise and glory? Man, what a blessing. Our goal, our goal by 2025 is to plant 2,000 churches through our faith promise commitments alone, which is above our one-time yearly projects. This goal should be reached early thanks to the devoted faith promise contributions made each month by Temple Baptist Church members. Now, last year with our, with our church boxes, our one-time uh, uh, offering to, to plant churches in unreached people groups, Last year's one-time offering of $692,231.61, which was $292,231.61 over our projected budget, has allowed us to see at least 1,731 churches planted, watch this now, planted in unreached areas of the world. Can we give God praise and glory right there? There are over 6,825 unreached people groups in the world, and our partners at the Timothy Initiative have been able to reach over 3,000 of these people groups. Taking part in giving toward this ministry means we are making a real difference in the Great Commission. This year alone, we have been able to plant 1,821 churches among unreached people groups through our partnership with TTI. Through TTI, there have been 95,849 new believers in the second quarter of 2023 alone. Thanks to our contribution from people like you, we've been able to advance the kingdom and unreached people groups across the globe. Give God praise and glory and honor right there. Let me, let me say this so everyone's aware. It, it's easy to stand here and shout and celebrate and clap, and, and, and we need to. We need to rejoice in the Lord always. We need to celebrate these things. But we need to understand that this does not come without a cost. And I'm not talking about money. 
uh, I was in a, I was in a board meeting, uh, last Friday. Uh, I'm on the TTI board and, and I, we got word that one of our, one of our Pauls has been beheaded. One of, one of uh, our Pauls has come back from training and his house was destroyed and his wife and his son was arrested and he doesn't even know where they're at. Preacher, what are you saying? I, I'm saying this. I'm saying this. When we, when we talk about cost, usually the only thing that we have to worry about is a dollar or two. But these men are in places where they will be killed if they are caught and they are spreading the gospel. They are making disciples that make disciples. And I want you to know that every single dime you give, every dollar you give will go to support and help a man who is risking his life to see people come to know Christ. And I want to do this. I want to honor those men and their memories. Can we do that? Can we do that real quick before we go any further? Can we thank God for those who have been willing to sacrifice? And I say that, I say that also to ask for your prayers for these families and for these men to stay strong and for God to support them in this time. Church, say amen. Amen. Look at the next page and then we'll, we'll jump into the outline. 2023 change for churches. Our, our, our goal or budget is 400,000. That is 1,000 churches. We, we have shot for and, and prayed and asked God to allow us to plant 1,000 churches. We can, we can plant a church in an unreached people group for $400 with the training materials and all the things that go with that. We, we're taking up a one-time offering October 1st. Now, to finish that up, you, you, as you see over here, our church boxes have been coming in throughout the year. Uh, our vision is to see disciple-making church planting in areas across the world where the gospel is most needed. We're partnering, as we, say, as we have the, the past few years, with the Timothy Initiative. Over the past several years, we've partnered on several one-time projects, ongoing projects, where we have seen thousands of churches planted, tens of thousands of people come to know Christ as their Savior. Here's, here's where we are, are, are focusing more than 3 billion people live in areas with few Bibles, Christians, churches, or people trying to reach them. Yet only 3% of Christian workers and 1% of missions dollars, this is as a whole in America, are going to reach unreached areas of the world. They're unlikely to hear the good news of Jesus Christ unless someone intentionally engages them. And that's what we're doing. We think this should be different. How many of y'all would agree this should be different? Church planners with the Timothy Initiative are doing just that. Faithful disciples are proclaiming his name among 765 unreached people groups. A UPG means it, there's less than 2% evangelical Christians. And there are 40 unengaged unreached people groups. A UUPG, which means there's less than 2% evangelical Christian, and there is no known church planning strategy underway to reach that particular group. People are coming to Christ and becoming part of some of the first known churches in their people group. That's why Change for Churches will focus our efforts and resources on these specific areas. Our goal is to plant 1,000 churches in the most unreached areas of our world through the Change for Churches. Here is where we're at as of August. As of August 6th, toward our, our goal of 1,000 churches, we have, we have raised so far 
$231,219.26, which goes to, to 578 churches we'll be able to plant, has already been raised for this project. We are only needing $168,780.74, which would be 422 church boxes more to reach our goal. We hope to have that amount raised well before December 31st. And hopefully, Lord's willing, and I believe he is, we'll be able to raise it at our one-time offering. Now you say, preacher, why are you saying this? Because I want you to be praying. Say, God, what do you want me to do? God, what do you want me to do? Say that with me. If you will do what he tells you to do, I'll be happy thrilled, delirious, and do a happy dance. Say amen. I'm not asking you to do one single thing above what he wants you to do. And so I want you to be praying between now and October 1st and say, God, what do you want me to do? And all God's people say it. All right. All right. I want you to jump real quickly. Jump real quickly into Acts chapter number eight. I have got a word. I can't, I cannot wait to get into it. Uh, man, God has given me this and I, I truly believe it is the message for the hour. We are at a place about three to four years after Pentecost, after the Holy Spirit has come upon them, after the resurrection, you know, uh, 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 we know that, uh, uh, that, that Jesus has gone back to heaven. He's given the disciples the great commandment, uh, the great commission, and, and now four Three to four years have passed, okay? And they're still in Jerusalem. They're still in Jerusalem. But something begins to happen. Stephen has, has been taken and stoned to death. That's a whole other sermon. I, I'd encourage you to go back and read chapter number seven. But at the stoning of Stephen, Stephen was one of the men that were chosen to help serve tables to the, to the church in Jerusalem, if you'll remember. And, and he has been killed. He's the first martyr. He's the first one to give his life for the sake of the gospel. Now, now here's what I want you to see. Chapter number eight in verse number one. If you're there, say amen. amen. And Saul was consenting unto his death. And at that time, there was great what? Persecution against the church, which was at where? Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria. Wow, that's, that's, we're going to come back to that. Except the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church. If you will, if you will study that phrase out, it literally means as, a, as an animal, uh, like, a, like a tiger, would, would mangle its prey. That's what Paul was doing to the church. Entering into every house and hailing men and women, committing them to prison. What's that next word? Therefore. Say it again. Therefore. 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 Now remember, when you ever see that word, therefore. You got to read before it to know what it's. Therefore. Are y'all with me? Because all that we just read happened. Watch what fixed, watch what happens. They that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. And the word scattered is the word that's used as, as sowing seed, sowing seed. 
Then Philip, then Philip went down to the city of Samaria, preached Christ unto them, and the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many that were possessed with them and many uh, were taken with palsies. They were lame, were healed, and there was great joy in the city. Man, that's a cool thing, right? Philip leaves Jerusalem, goes to Samaria. They're having a crusade. I mean, people are getting saved. People are getting healed. Demons are being cast out. It is a fine time. I mean, they are having a large time. This is great. This is wonderful. God is moving. What a blessing this is. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Great joy everywhere. But look what it says in verse number 26. Verse number 26. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and, in other words, leave this great thing that's happening. Leave this revival movement. Leave this crusade. Leave this great move of God and this great joy. Leave. leave. Go. Go toward the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. Not only do I have to leave a great revival and great joy in a city that's comfortable, I got to go to the desert. Now, if you've never been in the desert, you got to understand it's very uncomfortable. It's very hot. It's very difficult. And he says this, and he arose and went. And behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure and had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot read Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said unto Philip, go near and join thyself to this chariot. I love this. And Philip did what? Ran. He ran thither to him, heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, understandest thou what thou readest? Do you have a clue what you're reading? He says this, how can I? How can I except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. The place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter and like a lamb dumb before a shear, so opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. And who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. This is Isaiah 53, one of the greatest messianic chapters in all of the Old Testament. Tell me God don't know what he's doing. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet this? Of himself or some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him who? Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came a certain water and the eunuch said, see, here's water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? Philip said, if thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still. And they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they were come up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord called away Philip that the eunuch saw him no more and he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found at Azotus and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. Let's, let's pray.
Dear Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for the privilege and the honor it is to come before such a great group of people. Lord, I love them with all of my heart. And they are, they are the most kind, most generous people that I know. They have a heart for missions like I've never seen. Lord, and they've given every single year to see your word propagated throughout all the world. And God, I pray that we'll have a fresh vision today. I pray that you'll renew a fresh focus on the great commission. I pray that you'll restore a a desire and a fervor and a zeal to see the gospel get to the uttermost part. God, we'll thank you and praise you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray and all God's people say it. Amen. I want to do this quickly. If you will let me, uh, three things I want to give you today that's out of this chapter here. Uh, uh, first of all, I want to show you the Savior. If there's anybody that we need to focus on today, it's the Lord Jesus. Say amen. amen. In this story, we see the Savior. We see the Savior. Now, what about the Savior do I want to focus on today? Well, the first thing is, I want you to see the mission. Write that down. I want you to see the mission that he shared. The mission that he shared. Now, before we get to Acts chapter number eight, you got to remember there was Acts chapter number one, verse number eight. Are y'all with me? Say amen. And even before Acts chapter number one, verse number eight, you have Matthew 28, where Jesus gives them last minute instructions on what they are to do after he goes back to heaven. If you're with me, say amen. Now look what it says. Matthew 28, this is the mission. This is the mission. This is their mission. This is the disciples' mission. This is Temple Baptist Church's mission. This is the mission that God has given every single believer, every single child of God, every single saved person. This is what he says. Matthew 28, verse 18. Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore, say it with me, go ye therefore, teach all nations, not Alabama, not Coleman, not Holly Pond only, but all nations of the earth, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Now, so that they would not forget, and there is another reminder, Dr. Luke reminds us in Acts 1.8, he says this, quit worrying about the signs of the times. Quit worrying about what's going to come down the pike in the future. Quit worrying about the last days. This is what you need to be focused on. And this is what you need to remember. Acts 1, 8. But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Are y'all with me? You're to go. You're to take, you're to share, you're to go and give the gospel to the very ends of the earth, to every country, to every city, to every community, to every village, to every house, to every creature. Are y'all with me? He starts with Jerusalem because that's where they were at. But he says, I want you to go from Jerusalem to all Judea, to Samaria and into the, 
Now, now, can we all, can we all agree that's the goal? Not just the goal, that's the command. Go. Now watch, before I give you point two, or A, or B, or point one, or whatever the next blank is, all right? We're, we're almost four years, and we're still in Jerusalem. This is important that you see this. It's been almost four years since they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Since they had received power from on high. Since the Holy Ghost has came and empowered them to go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts. But they're still in It's almost like they're not taking this seriously. It's almost like that God's children thinks he was kidding. Why? Why go anywhere else? We're having such a good time here. Okay. I want you to see number or letter B. What was A? Are we in agreement on what that is? All right, B, I want you to see the motivation that he sent. I want you to see the motivation that he sent. I want you to look in verse number eight, or verse number one of chapter eight. In chapter one, eight, he says, go to Samaria, Judea, to the uttermost parts. Chapter eight, one, they hadn't done that yet. They're still in Jerusalem. And it says at that time, at that time, there was a great what? Persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem. Now, let me tell you this. They wasn't just being harassed. When he says great persecution, this was, this was painful things. They were being arrested. They were being killed. They were being put in prison. Great persecution against the church, which was at where? Now watch what happened. And they were all scattered abroad in the regions of where? Now where were they supposed to go to begin with? Watch. Verse three. As for Saul, He made havoc of the church, entering into every house. Now he's describing what the persecution is. He is taking men and women, husbands and wives, grandfathers and grandmothers, snatching them out of their homes and putting them in prison. What's the next word? Say it again. Now remember what we said earlier? When you see that word, you need to read what it's there for. There's mass persecution. There's mass pain and frustration and agony going on in the local church in Jerusalem. And now because of the persecution, they're scattered throughout Judea, which is the outskirts of Jerusalem. 
and then into Samaria, which is north of Jerusalem. Because of the persecution, because of their suffering, because of their pain, they were scattered abroad and went everywhere. What? Now, what were they supposed to do in the first place? Now, here's all I'm going to say about this. God is serious about his commands. Now, I know what some of y'all are thinking. I know it because I'm psychic. (laughs) You're thinking, oh, a God, a loving God wouldn't cause pain and anguish in his children. Really? Does the Bible not say in Hebrews that whom he loveth, he chasteneth? Not only will he chasten, he scourgeth. The word scourge is the same word that was used at the beating of Christ before he was put on the cross. Preacher, what are you saying? I want every eye to look at me right here. When God gives a command, he's serious. And when God gives a command to his children, he expects you to obey it. And if you don't obey it, he will intervene. He will send motivation. When I was a kid growing up, my father gave us instructions. He gave us commands. He gave us duties and responsibilities. He gave us chores. And there was something around his waist that motivated that to happen. Do I have any witnesses in the house? Let me tell you something. God takes his command seriously. He will move in the lives of his people to get them to do what he's commanded them to do. What is the the point? Everybody look at me for a minute. What is the point? This is the point right here. Everybody look at me so I can see your person. Look at me. Everybody, everybody. Look here. You can do this the easy way or the hard way. You can obey this command to get the gospel to every creature the easy way or the hard. Preacher, does that mean I got to go to Zimbabwe? No, but you need to help somebody go. You may not can physically get there, but you can financially support someone who's willing to go. You know what I'm hoping that comes out of this month? I'm hoping that some young people will get on fire for God and they will feel a calling to go. Listen, missionaries are coming off the field and we're not replacing them with any. Preachers are quitting. Ministers are quitting. And nobody's stepping up to fill their shoes. I'm praying for a fresh move of God, not only for missions dollars, for missions people willing to go and serve. God is serious about his command. God will move and intervene if we don't do what he said. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Amen. Now watch this. Not only that, but I want you to see this. What was A? Give me A again. The, The mission he shared. B, the motivation he sent. How many of y'all can see some motivation right there? They're getting put in prison. They're getting beaten. They're getting dragged through the streets. So they run for their life in fear. But when they ran, they took the gospel with them. Preacher, what are you saying? God spanked his children because they were not being obedient to what he said for them to do. I want you to look at this. See. I want you to see the man he saw. 
the mission he shared, the motivation he sent. And I want you to see the man he saw. Oh, my soul. All Philip could see was a big crowd at his preaching service. All Philip could see was the people that couldn't wait to come hear him preach a sermon. All Philip could see was the good news in Samaria. All Philip could see was all the baptisms going on. All Philip could see was the rejoicing. All Philip could see was even the apostles come from Jerusalem to authenticate the work and verify and and prove that this is indeed a move of God. Man, this is great. But you see, while they're shouting, Brother Doug, while they're shouting in Samaria, there's a sinner seeking in the desert. Preacher, what are you getting at? God surely cares about what happens in this building. But let me tell you something. God can see the seeking sinner that's sitting in a hut on a dirt floor in a village somewhere where there are no churches, there are no gospel preachers, there are no scriptures, and they are looking for truth. God sees them. And God cares about them. God cares about temple. God cares about you and he cares about me. But oh, he's got a desire and a heart to see the one who has no opportunity, to see the one who has no scriptures, to see the one who has no church and nobody to tell them. God sees them. Even when we don't see him, God sees them. You may tell you the problem. We've had people leave this church because of that right over there. Leave this church because they don't think we should be sending money overseas. You may tell you their problem, they can't see the one in the hut. They can't see beyond their privilege of having a church on every corner. They can't see beyond their privilege of having the Bible in their own language where they can read it anytime they want to. And I'm telling you, they're probably not reading if they have that feeling. But I'm going to tell you this, God sees them. God sees every sinner. God sees every soul. God sent his only begotten son to die for that one over there. And he sees them. And he's telling us, go. He's telling us, go, go. Preach the gospel to every creature. Isn't it amazing that all that was going on in Samaria, God cared about one single seeking sinner in the middle of the desert. And all God's people said. Secondly, I want you to see, and I'm going to hurry. I want you to see not only the Christ, but I want you to see the Christian. I want you to see the Christian. This is great. This is great. I wish I had time to, to, to go into detail and describe the eunuch. He was barred from going in the temple because of his physical condition. He was barred from being anything because of his nationality. 
In other words, there were so many obstacles to keep him away from God, but God was wanting him in. Anyway, don't have time. Number two, I want you to see the Christian. Obviously, preacher, we get it. God wants to see everybody saved. We get it. We get it. God cares about those. God will motivate us. God will intervene if we don't do what we're supposed to be doing. God has an agenda. God has an agenda. Well, what about me? This is for every person in this room. I want you to see the Christian involved in this situation. First of all, write this down. He was a servant. Write that down. This is so important for you to get. If we go back to Acts chapter number 6, and I'll just paraphrase this, the verses in there. But in Acts chapter number 6, the church had exploded in Jerusalem. There were thousands and thousands in the church. And they, they started a ministry to feed widows. Okay? And somehow or another, there were widows who were getting missed with the daily provision and the daily food sharing and the daily food serving. And the widows that were being missed were widows that had come into Jerusalem from out of town called Hellenistic widows, Hellenistic Jews. In other words, they were not, they were not from Jerusalem. They were Jew, of Jewish descent, but from the diaspora, they came from out of town. So they were out of town Jews. Are y'all with me? And they were being missed and they were not being provided for. And so there came a problem in the church. How many of y'all know when you have people, you have problems? And so one side's fussing against the other side and saying they're getting all the attention. We ain't getting no attention. And they come to the apostles and they bring the problem. And the apostles know this. The apostles know the importance and the priority of prayer and the word of God. And they said, listen, we need to focus on the word. We need to focus on prayer. Choose you out seven honest men full of the Holy Ghost and let them take care of this. Boy, the the New Testament church today needs to hear that. And so they started picking men. Stephen was one of them. You remember the one that got stoned? Well, guess who another one was? Old Phil. So how did, how did Philip begin his career as this great miracle working, uh, uh, Holy Ghost filled preaching missionary? Serving tables. Serving food. Wiping down the table. Setting up the table, setting down the tables. Making sure a widow had something to eat. Preacher, what are you getting at? Watch this now. Watch this now. I know I'm boring some of y'all, but I'm telling you, this is good stuff. Do you realize the very first missionary, this is technically the very first missionary there ever was. He started his career by being a servant. God didn't choose the apostles. God, the, it wasn't the apostles that were down there preaching and seeing. It was a servant. It was somebody who was willing to be used by God. Let me tell you the problem of our present generation church. Let me tell you the problem of our present generation church. Because of prosperity preaching and because of false doctrine, people are coming to church to see what the church can offer them. And that's, that's, that's not the way it was in the beginning. In the beginning, it was, here I am, God, use me. 
And he was just a simple servant. But then I want you to write this down. I want you to write this down. Because I know what you think. Oh, I can't preach. I can't do miracles. I can't do all. Wait a minute now. Let's look at the guy. You're you're jumping ahead. Don't, Don't get to the part that God was responsible for. Let's look at what he was responsible for. He was a servant. He was willing to be used. He served tables. He wasn't too big for his britches. He didn't need a title. He just served God because that's where he was needed at the time. Christians today won't do nothing unless you give them a title. That's why we don't have titles around here. Because I know it goes to your head. That's why you ain't going to get one. What's your title? Servant. What's my title? Servant. We're just all servants. And by the way, if you use the New Testament terms in Greek, it's doulos. We're just slaves. That's what Paul said. He was a servant. He was a doulos. He was a slave of the Lord Jesus Christ. A slave has no rights whatsoever. We're just all slaves of Jesus in here. We're willing to serve. But then watch this. He was not only a servant, he was spirit filled. I can't, I can't preach no sermon. I can't perform no miracle. Can you serve and can you be spirit filled? Now, let me, let me, let me, let, this is, I, I'm t- I, I, you, you can't do nothing but draw a picture right here. He makes it so obvious. Watch what it says. Preach, I want to be spirit filled. Okay, let me show you how to do it. Let me show you how to do it. it it's, it's laid out right here. So simple. So simple. It's amazing how obvious this is. He was spirit filled because he did two things. Number one, he listened. Say that with me. He listened. Look what it says. And the angel of the Lord, what's that word? Spake. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip. Arise and go toward the south. Then it says in verse 29, then the spirit said, say with me. Then the spirit said unto Philip, go near, go to the south, go near. What are you saying, preacher? The Holy Spirit is speaking. The Holy Spirit is speaking to the servant. The Holy Spirit is speaking to the one that's willing to do and be obedient to God's command. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Amen. He listened. Are you listening? Are you listening? Some of y'all, when you first seen that video, you said, oh, dear God, it's mission month again. And you checked out. Because in your mind, in your head, you think it's just about money. They're just going to ask for money. Are you listening Are you listening to the Holy Spirit right now in this moment? What is the Holy Spirit telling you? What is the Holy Spirit challenging your heart? You say, I don't hear anything. Well, then come get saved. Because if you're a child of God and you have the Holy Spirit in you, I promise you this. He will talk to you when this word is being preached. But here's the key. Here's the key to being full of the Holy Spirit. First, you got to listen. Are you? Secondly, 
You got to obey. Watch this. I told you it was so obvious. It was just like, I mean, it's drawing a picture. Watch what it says. Watch what it says. Acts 8 verse 26. Acts 8 verse 26. When you're there, say amen. Amen. And the Lord spake unto Philip saying, what did he say? Now, now read verse 27. And now the, the Lord said, okay, I want you guys to be the Lord and I want you guys to be Philip. All right. And the Lord said, and Philip, that sounded good. Let's do that again. And the Lord said, and Philip, I hope you're doing that at Fairview. I hope y'all are doing that too. What happened? The Lord said, and he did. That's what it means to be spirit filled. It doesn't mean you have more of God than anybody else. The moment you got saved, you got all of God. You got the same amount of God in you that's in me. The problem is, is you may not be listening and obeying. I got another, I got another proof. I got another proof. Verse 29, verse 29. Then the spirit said, what'd he say? Now watch this. This is so good. I love this part. In verse 30 and. Okay. All right. Y'all the Holy Spirit again. You ready? Read what it says right there. And the spirit said. And Philip. Let's try it again. I wonder how many Phillips are we going to have today? I wonder how many Phillips we're going to have this month that's going to be willing to serve, that's going to be willing to listen, and then going to be willing to obey. That last part, let me just give you the words because I'm out of time. You got blanks. Write this down. Write this down. We see the sending spirit. And he's still sending. This is under the conversion, by the way. We see the sending spirit, the submitted soul winner. He was willing to be obedient. Ladies and gentlemen, I promise you this. The spirit is still sending. The problem is we don't have enough submitted soul winners. But then we see the seeking sinner. And thank God we have the saving scriptures. Let me read this and we'll pray. Because, Because Phil was obedient. The gospel got to the uttermost. Did y'all see how that worked? Look at me, everybody. Look at me. I'm still reading this thing. Don't be putting your nose up. Watch this. Watch this. Do you see what happened when persecution came? It went from Jerusalem into Judea and then into. And now he's going to a eunuch that's going to what Rome considered the uttermost parts of the earth. Listen, because he was willing to go. 
In October 1857, J. Hudson Taylor, one of the greatest missionaries ever, he began to minister in Ningpo, China, and he led a Mr. Nye to Christ. The man was overjoyed and wanted to share his fate with others. And he said, how long have you had the good tidings in England? Mr. Nye asked Hudson Taylor one day. Taylor acknowledged that England had known the gospel for many centuries. And he said, my father died seeking the truth. Why didn't you come sooner? Why didn't you come sooner? I want to ask you this. Will you listen this month? Will you listen? Not to a specific preacher, not to a specific sermon. Will you listen to the Holy Spirit? And be willing to obey. If he says go, go. If he says give, give. If he says share, share. If he says preach, preach. But are you willing to obey? And all God's people say it.